Bibles, they'll be just beside you in the boxes. And Rowena, let us know what page number it is. To see, yeah. yeah, no, it's going okay. So it's Acts chapter 16 and it's verses 6 to 15. And if you didn't hear me the first time, it's on page 1111 and on the church screen in front of you. So starting at verse 6. And don't worry too much about all the place names. All will be revealed um, in David's sermon. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mycenae, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the, Holy, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to go. So they passed by Mycenae and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Peter had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. From Troas, we put out to sea and sailed straight from Samothrace, and the next day on to Neapolis. From there we travelled to Philippi, a Roman colony, and the leading city of the district of Macedonia, and we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath we went outside the city gate to the river, where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to a woman who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Thyatira, who was a worshipper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. This is the word of the Lord. Um, Is that on? Yeah, it sounds on. Good. Um, just before I start to, um, to talk about the passage, actually that sounds a bit echoey, is it, um, is that better? Okay, great. Um, because it's the end of our kind of time of, of looking at the Holy Spirit, I um, thought it'd be good just to recommend a bit of kind of further reading for you. <laughs> um, there are a couple of books that I, th- I think will be really good, um, if you can, um, to follow up, or if you wish to. Um, the first one is 
is a book that's been around quite a long time, Michael Green's I Believe in the Holy Spirit. Now, Michael Green is, is getting on in years, uh, but he used to be um, a really prominent um, evangelist and, um, and teacher um, based in Oxford and has produced a number of books. And this was a series, there's uh, Believe in the Holy Spirit, I Believe in the Church, and I Believe in Evangelism. The other two were written by David Watson. But, um, so this has been around a while, and it's just a really good book to, um, to get some sound, um, solid basis for understanding the, the person and work of the Holy Spirit. So I just encourage you that one. The other one um, is a book that Rowena recommended, actually. I haven't read this one yet, but I'm dying to. It's by Simon Ponsonby, who I'm sure will be known to many from speaking at New Wine, um, and it's called More. It's about going deeper in the Holy Spirit. Okay, so before I speak, shall we just pray? Father, we come before you with hearts uh, longing to hear more of you speaking to us. We pray, Lord, you just teach us and encourage us this evening. And we ask, come Holy Spirit, would you just inspire our hearts and speak to us now. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so how good a listener are you? Now, I've spent most of my professional life listening to people and trying to work out you know, the important things of what they're saying to me. But if you ask Rowena how good a listener I am, then she would say that I am definitely a work in progress. Um, there are times when I'm just not hearing clearly what she's saying or I may be distracted and haven't picked things up and she'll say, but I said that, you know, and I will have completely forgotten or got it wrong. And I think that the same is with hearing God. I'm actually very much a novice, a work in progress. And so as I come to this passage tonight, you know, I'm on, on a journey um, and I'm wanting to explore with you some things that we can learn about hearing God together. Um, so I'm going to talk about three things, really. First of all, we'll look at the passage. We'll, we'll pick out a few things about that. And the second thing is, we'll see what we can learn from Paul about listening and responding to the Holy Spirit. And the third thing is, we'll, we'll look at a few more general things about how we hear God um, and pick out about four or five things. So um, that's where we're going. So we'll, we'll first of all look at the passage in Acts. Sorry, am I still sounding echoey? Um, okay, fine. So um, if we can just get the map up. Thank you. Um, do you know, as, as Jit was leading us in prayers just then, I was really struck afresh about the prominence of Turkey, you know? 
Rowena and I had the privilege of, of going without call to visit the sites of the uh, seven churches of Revelation um, in Turkey. And, you know, it's just st- struck me afresh tonight. This was a place that Paul invested so much of his ministry in. And I was just reminded of that um, uh, tonight, just, just hearing that afresh about all the troubles in Turkey. We must keep this place in our prayers, remembering the history um, that has, has gone before. Um, so, what exactly were Paul, Silas, and Timothy doing in this place? Um, I hope you can see my little red dot. No, it's a bit temperamental. Okay, so um, Paul started off in this place called Antioch. That's kind of where he was based. He was based in the church there. And um, he was traveling through Asia Minor, as we call it, which is present-day Turkey, through the provinces, the Roman provinces there. So we see um, Syria, Cilicia, Galatia, Phrygia, um, and then um, he'd been before to Pamphylia, Lycia, Pisidia. Um, and so he was heading back to those places where he'd been before. And he'd felt in Antioch a need to go back to those places where he'd preached the gospel, where he'd started some very infant churches. And in his role as apostle, he just felt that he needed to go back, see where they were, to strengthen them, to bring some fresh teaching, some um, things that have been agreed by the uh, church in Jerusalem, and, uh, and bring them back to uh, those churches to encourage those leaders. And so he'd been going back from Tarsus, which was his hometown, uh, through to Derby, Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, all those places where he'd been before strengthening the church. And if you notice, we, we see in verse 5 um, that that uh, um, the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in numbers. Um, so I, I just wanted to mention in passing that it was Paul and Silas, first of all, who, who started off from Antioch, we're told, but we're also told that in Derby, Paul found somebody called Timothy, Um, And Timothy would turn out to be one of the most prominent uh, Christian leaders. And there must have been something about Timothy that Paul spotted as he was in Derby and saw, saw, yes, this young man is going to be a future leader. He needs to come with me. He needs to learn from me. He needs to follow me. And so um, I just wondered whether there was something that Paul was responding to, that he'd seen in Timothy something that maybe the Holy Spirit had prompted him as well. So um, Paul then then heads into uh, Phrygia, but his plan was to go into Asia. That's the Roman province of Asia. Um, That's not the whole area. Um, That's just that area there. And, And you can understand that that would be a natural extension for Paul Um, to go to. Um, But he felt the Holy Spirit um, saying, no, you're not to go into Asia now. I I want you to go somewhere else. So he naturally turned his attention north. He thought, okay, that must mean I've got to go to Bithynia up there. But again, 
the Spirit of Jesus, we're told the Holy Spirit said, no, actually, that's not where I want you to go. And so he concludes that, okay, he's got to go through Mycenae, and he ends up in Troas. Now, Troas is about 10 miles from um, the ancient city of Troy, and it sits on the coast on the Aegean Sea there, and was a, was a really prosperous port. It was a, a place uh, where people traveled um, across to Greece and um, other places in the Mediterranean. So Paul heads there, and it's in Troas that he gets this vision of the man from Macedonia who's beckoning him to come over. And Paul at once concludes that, okay, that must be where the Lord is directing me, where he's sending me. And so he heads across the Aegean Sea um, with Silas and Timothy. We don't know if there were others with them. Um, Actually, we do know there was somebody with them. Have you spotted the we in the passage? That was Luke. And Luke now comes as an eyewitness to Paul for the rest of his ministry. So we, he says, cross over to Neapolis and they go to Philippi. So we kind of get the feeling that Paul must have understood at this point, okay, that's why I wasn't meant to go to Asia. That's why I wasn't meant to go to Bithynia because actually the Lord was calling me um, to go to Greece. So then the third thing we see from this passage is the outcome of that leading by the Holy Spirit and Paul's obedience and his sensitivity to the Holy Spirit leading him. We see how very soon... Uh, They meet those women at the place of prayer on the Sabbath. Uh, We don't quite understand uh, what kind of faith they had. Um, We don't know if they were Jewish believers. We don't really know much about them. But what we do know is that Lydia responded to the gospel. She picked up that straight away and um, in her heart uh, responded. Um, And we see a bit later on, after the episode with the jailer, when Paul leaves Philippi, that actually that they gather at her house. And we can just get a picture of that house being the beginnings of the church in Philippi, um, the growth of that infant church there. But we also notice in passing, if you read on a little bit further in that chapter, in the episode where Paul and Silas were flung in jail um, because the Jews didn't like his preaching, um, we also note in passing that actually just because we're being obedient, just because we're, we're preaching the gospel and we're following Jesus, it doesn't mean it's going to be plain sailing. It doesn't mean that we're not going to encounter opposition and difficulties. And we need to, to kind of get that in, in our heads right at the beginning because actually we need to know that when those difficulties and when those struggles come, we need to be sure of our foundations in Jesus. We need to be sure of where he's led us and his call upon our lives. So, I think this was a really significant and pivotal moment in Paul's ministry, where where God was opening up new things. Now, later on, of course, we know that Paul came back to Asia, and he built up the churches there. We know he was in Ephesus, I think, for two or three years, and it's recorded that nobody in that area failed to hear the gospel Um, a a really striking fruit of Paul's ministry. But for now, he was planting these churches down um, in northern Greece, in Berea and Thessalonica, and then he went on to Athens, and then he um, started the church in, in Corinth. 
Okay, so moving on then, what, what things can we learn from this? What, what can we pick up besides maybe one or two things that we've picked up um, so far? And the really key thing for me, and the question I want to ask is, what made Paul so good at listening to the Holy Spirit? What made him such a good listener? Well, we don't know all the answers to that, do we really? But there are a few things um, that I, I just sensed may be at the heart of that. And a few things that, a couple of things really, that I think we need to take on board if we're going to be good listeners to Jesus. Um, and the first thing is that from his conversion onwards, Paul was single-minded about his faith, about his calling. He was touched at his conversion by uh, the presence of Jesus and his call on his life. And from that day onwards, he was a changed man. He was a different person. He'd responded to what he sensed Jesus was saying to him. And he was single-minded in, in the cause of the gospel, in preaching the good news, specifically to the Gentiles. And he never gave up on that. For me to live is Christ to die is gain, he said. His whole life was single-minded in his focus on Jesus. His walk with Jesus was continuous. In his letters, we pick up that Paul talks about being led by the Spirit, about being walking with the Spirit every day, being that, that focus on, on where God is leading him, how he's leading him. I was just picking up last weekend as we were watching Andy Murray, at Wimbledon, the, the single-mindedness of his devotion to winning that prize. And, you know, I thought, actually, I need a bit of that. I need a bit of that single-mindedness and that wholehearted devotion to Jesus and his call on my life. If I could just have a little bit of that, I think I might see a bit more fruit. And the second thing I picked up was that actually um, it was about Paul's readiness to obey, his readiness to change his plans, his readiness to say, okay, Lord, I think I've got this a bit wrong. Um, you're obviously leading me in a new direction. And I wonder how ready we really are to do that. You know, we, we, we get very, very caught up in our ways of doing things and our good ideas, and we think, yeah, Lord, you know, we want, I think this is a really, a really good idea. You know, it's a really good plan. But actually, how ready am I to actually say, okay, Lord, maybe that might have been a good plan, but maybe it's not for now. Maybe that plan um, might need to be shelved. Maybe you've got something else um, in store. And I think it was Paul's readiness to say, okay, Lord, I want to go your way. I want to do it your way um, and go where you're leading me. So, you know, and I, I just recall those, those words of Jesus about being be careful how you hear. Um, not just that those who have ears to hear, let them hear. But he also says, be careful how you hear. So we need to be receiving um, that word from him. 
And the other thing that I thought from this is really, well, okay, you know, I still have to recognise that there's that bit in me that actually wants my own way, really. You know, there's that bit in me that actually thinks, how ready am I really to go wholeheartedly for you, Lord? To see, you know, my focus on, on Jesus, on the gospel, on bringing in his kingdom, on seeing Jesus' love transforming lives here in South Sea. Because I'm so easily distracted by other stuff. I'm so easily caught up with other things that, that get a bit of a priority, with the other, the other busy, busyness and distractions that I have in my life. And so, you know, I have to recognize that there's a bit in me that still needs to say, okay, Lord, you know, I want to be open to you and what your purposes are. Okay, so let's just, just look a little bit now at um, some of those ways um, in which we recognize that God speaks to us. Um, and the first thing um, that I want to say is that the most important way that God speaks to us is through Scripture. You know, in all the other things that we get caught up in and all the other ways in which we sense the Holy Spirit speaking to us and leading us, leading us the most important place to start with is, um, is the place of Scripture. And we need to be rooted in it. We need to not neglect that daily coming before Scripture and submitting ourselves to it, to be soaked in his word and, um, and to make that our priority. You know, the Bible isn't just a set of writings. It's actually God's message to us. It's his message to humanity. From start to finish, it is his word to us. And we need to take that seriously because it's the place that God usually speaks to us. He wants us to understand his word, his message to us, his message of salvation, his message of his son who gave himself for us and died for us on the cross. And so that we might be partakers of his kingdom and sent out to bring his kingdom, that good news of his kingdom to the world. So we mustn't neglect um, his uh, scripture as our first point of call. Um, and the second thing about it is that it's our benchmark. It's the thing by which we judge everything else. Because in, everything, in every other way in which the Holy Spirit speaks to us, the Holy Spirit will never speak to us in ways that are contrary to what is here in Scripture. That Jesus said, said um, that the Holy Spirit will remind you of the things that I have taught you, and he will lead you into all truth. And that truth is in God's word. And so the Holy Spirit, in whatever way we sense him speaking to us, will never speak, speak in ways that disagree with anything that is in God's word. And so it's our benchmark. It's our reference point. It's the place we come back to when we're weighing up stuff, when we're judging whether what somebody says to us is right. You know, whether things that are prophesied are right. It's the place we come back to. Okay. If, uh, and there are lots of ways um, that we can be in touch with, with Scripture on a daily basis. The second place... Um, that I believe God speaks to us is in prayer and in worship. 
You know, in worship, I think the thing that we're most often, that most often happens is that we're realigned. We're reminded of who God is, who his character is, what he's like, his nature. And that takes us up into that, that place where we can actually see things in a new perspective. We're caught up in our worship, our realignment with God, who he is and his purposes for us in the world. Um, okay, and, and that prayer, that worship happens on our own um, and it happens when we meet in small groups and it happens when we're together as a church. Um, all of us will have different ways of actually, actually engaging with God on our own. Um, for some of us, it'll be in a quiet place. We just need quiet. We need peace. We need that lonely place, that mountainside, um, in prayer or meditation. Others of us will be much more engaged with God when we're, we're listening to worship music, maybe with dance, um, and maybe walking, talking with him, running, Justin Welby likes being in God's presence when he runs. Um, John Wesley's mother was so surrounded by her family and small children that she just couldn't get a place to talk to God. And so, as the story goes, she used to pick up her apron, put it over her head, and that was the place that she found God's presence in the midst of everything else that was going around her. Um, Heidi Baker... Um, I don't know if you, you know Heidi Baker. Heidi Baker is a, a missionary, um, and she's seen an amazing healing ministry out in Mozambique. Lots I could say about Heidi Baker. But you know where she finds her place of meeting with God is actually scuba diving. She, ta- she gets on a scuba mask and everything else, and she goes into the depths when she scuba dives. That's where she finds going deeper with God. Um, we pray together in small groups, don't we? You know, and, there's, and we also pray in church. We pray here when we're here on a Sunday. But also, we have opportunities to pray together as a church. And you know, we mustn't lose that sense of the dynamic that happens as we pray together. You know, it's something I think that's very special about when we're picking up what's on other people's hearts. You know, what are you, what's on your heart as you pray? What's on my heart as we pray? Actually, we're hearing God as through each other's prayers. We're hearing, hearing the things that he's laid on our hearts, and we're sharing that together. We're, we're hearing God speak to us. We're hearing God direct us. We're hearing those words of encouragement, maybe those prophetic words, those other things that I'm just going to talk about in a moment. So being together as church, praying together, seeking God and his will for us, his direction, his purposes, a really important time. Um, The third thing I'm just going to touch on is is something that's actually very difficult to, to put your finger on. It's what I would call the prompting of the Spirit. It's just learning to recognize the voice of the Spirit as we as we seek to be led by him. And there are a number of ways in, in which that happens. Some of us might get a, a picture or a phrase that comes as we're maybe praying together. 
Um, you know, somebody, as we were praying this morning, prayer ministry team before coming to service, somebody had um, a little, little picture for us that was really, really helpful. It was about an olive branch. And that spoke to us about some of the things that we needed to pray into. And so we get pictures. Um, and some of us get pictures more, more than others. I very often will get much more likely to get a phrase um, or um, uh, a scripture. But you know, the other thing sometimes is that nature speaks to me. Actually, I was in the garden um, yesterday and I realized that there was something about a shoot that had come off a rose that spoke really to me about some issue that was going on. And so we, we get those kind of senses of the Holy Spirit speaking to us. We've talked about a word of scripture for a personal situation. Steve Dawson mentioned um, recently a loud thought. And I thought, yes, actually, that's right. It is like a loud thought. It's something maybe we've been wrestling with, maybe we've been thinking about, maybe we've been praying about. And suddenly we just get a sense of what God may be saying to us. It may also come as a settled view or sense of what's right that comes after we've been praying, praying about something. And also it comes, doesn't it, as, as when circumstances clearly, seem to clearly answer that, that note of guidance that we need and doors will open. And we'll have eyes to see, a bit like Paul in this situation. Suddenly we'll realise where God has been leading us all the time and where doors have closed. And also, sometimes it can come as we're sharing things with trusted friends who will kind of feed back to us and we'll say, oh yeah, okay, I think that's what, what the Lord is saying here. But just a word of warning, as I was alluding to earlier, although we need to cultivate that sense of recognizing the prompting of the Holy Spirit, we also need to really be aware that we can get it wrong. Okay, we are fallible. Um, and however much we may strongly sense something, and this is particularly true maybe when we've been praying um, for others or praying particular situations, and that we may feel strongly that the Lord is saying something, we just need to be that little bit careful that we're weighing it and that who we're speaking to and sharing it with has the opportunity to weigh that and, and kind of accept that maybe with... Um, with a need to reflect on it and to pray about it and see whether that is actually true. And also, as I've said, whether it, it matches scripture. So let's move on to, to dreams and visions um, as Paul had here. There are lots of ways, aren't there, in which God is speaking to people through dreams. Has anybody here felt that God has spoken to them in a dream? Thank you. Yeah, I have yet to have that experience. I have lots of dreams, but I don't think that I've yet had that. But we should expect it, shouldn't we? God spoke to people in dreams lots of times um, throughout the Bible. Um, and so we should expect that still to be true today. Actually, there are lots of stories of Muslims um, in countries... Uh, where, where the gospel is, uh, is n n not allowed, um, who've been converted by seeing pictures of Isa, Jesus, in dreams and visions and being converted that way. Um, 
The next thing I just want to touch on very briefly um, is about spiritual gifts. Um, and there isn't really time for me to expound this here, but just to touch on, on those being really important ways in which um, God speaks to us. And, and you know, um, we need to handle that very carefully as well um, and, and understand that, that there are differences of opinion about spiritual gifts and, and their reality for today. But, but from my um, uh, perspective, and, um, and I know that this is what Michael Green would say and others, that actually there's nothing that suggests that those gifts, as mentioned in the New Testament, were meant not for today. And there are lots of ways in which people have experienced those gifts, and we should still uh, count them as important. But again, I just want to, to say that we, when we, we sense those words of knowledge, those prophetic words that come to us uh, through the leading of the Holy Spirit, we need to weigh them. And, and balance them against scripture and against the other ways in which God may lead us. Okay. So just to sum up, um, uh, we've seen that, um, that God leads us uh, and speaks to us in a variety of ways. But fundamentally, I just want to come back to that place I started with, really, that where are our hearts in this? You know, are we good soil, really, for God to speak into? Have we got those, those hearts that are open to him? Where is our treasure? What is it we're seeking? And what is our readiness to obey? But, you know, the thing that reassures me above all else is that however much we may want to be hearing from God, um, there is nothing, and whatever problems we might have, um, we know one thing for certain, that he has no problem hearing us. And he has no problem in, in speaking to us what he wants to say to us. Um, now, we've all come, I think, tonight with lots of things we may be um, struggling with, lots of things in our mind, lots of things maybe that we're wanting to hear God about so I'm just going to suggest that we might um, offer um, this time that we're just going to have shortly, we're just going to have a little time of worship, um, followed by a time when, when we'll just have that opportunity to pray with one another, maybe if there are things that we, we need to pray through. But I'm just going to pray first before um, Sam comes and uh, leads us again. Father, uh, we just know, Lord, that you are so much more ready to speak to us than we are to hear or to obey. Would you please help us now, Holy Spirit? Would you come amongst us and lead us? 